Truth News Network. Chaos at the border. Elected officials who don't know where they are, why they're there, or what their job is. Officials who laugh like hyenas when questioned. And when they answer, it reads like science fiction. How do you navigate this sewage? With the ship of truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. And your captain today is Dan Newman. I think I've got it figured out. I believe we're going to name ourselves... Not sheep, not people, but sheeple. Yeah, there are those out there that think they are endowed to guide us. They know what's best for us. Either they know what's best for us or they don't care in what direction they haul us around, right? It makes no sense. So many things don't add up. But now, every day, here at TNN Live Truth News Network, we're seeing and we're experiencing things that are beginning to add up. Those fact things, you know, the truth, been hidden from us for decades. The mysteries of life. I just, I just walked by a news show on the way up here, and uh, an official from NASA, somebody that's very, very well connected and knows pretty much about everything to do with space. Right? You would think people at NASA would be those experts, and this guy is quoted as saying this. We're not alone. You think? (laughs) Through all of these decades, we have experience after experience from very sophisticated, very educated, very well-trained, lots of experienced pilots in commercial planes and also military planes. And they're experiencing phenomena in the air that cannot be explained in any other way than we're not alone. And finally, you have some wizard at NASA that has stood up to make that point that we've all known for decades. Now, why are you bringing that up, Dan? Listen, folks. People in government, and not just the United States, but in every nation on planet Earth, very seldom do they not have agendas for their government and for their people. And sometimes agendas are not what they tell us they're going to be during campaigns. That's scary, but folks, it's time that we here in the United States stand up and realize we are no longer, as of today, well, before today, but I'm just drawing a line in the sand for you. you got to change your fundamental premise of looking at government in the U.S. It is not today government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. It's not. That's sad to realize, and it's really hard to accept, but it's fact, folks. And evidence is abundant everywhere you look. You know, all these things that are unexplainable. Uh, let's just look at one. We're going to we're gonna uh, really launch today in some COVID-19 stuff. Sterling Hill is going to join us at the bottom of this first hour. I'll tell you a little bit about her in just a few minutes. Um, She's an expert on a lot of things to do with disease, with health, all kinds of things like that. And she's going to give us some truths that we probably don't want to accept this fact. And that's okay, folks. I understand. We all understand. We are inundated with stuff every day, information. I mean, we're oversaturated with it. Our minds are just blown away. Things that we cannot even comprehend, there are so many of them. 
So it makes it really difficult to peel through and find the right layer in which it's contained the facts that we want to and we need to adopt and make part of our mindset. Now, will we ever get it 100% correct? Probably not. I would say the odds are better than 50-50 that we will not ever get all of the facts about everything that's important. But what we need to begin to do is to stop just automatically throwing up a flag of disbelief if the things that we are hearing don't agree with our mindset. What's that TNN adage that we've used for years now? Just because you think something's right doesn't make it right. But also, just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean that it's wrong. We've got to become 24-7 fact-finders. We're doing more than our fair share here. We're bringing you all kinds of information from real experts, from fact-finders and fact-sharers. But we can only do part of the job. When it comes down to where the rubber meets the road in your life, you've got to make choices of your own. And I, every day I encourage you, please find facts on which to make decisions that are going to heavily impact you, your family, and pretty much everything in your life every day. Our government doesn't control everything. (laughs) They want to, and they think they already are in some cases, but they're not. And what we as Americans never have to worry about, I don't even know if that's true anymore. What, Dan? What we never have to worry about is our government taking over every part of our lives. If we let that happen, folks, they're going to do it. And here's an example of exactly what I'm talking about. Something that happened yesterday. Yesterday, folks, in the United States of America, listen to this. A group of activists that were flanked by a bunch of heavyweight Democrat politicians They launched this massive protest out of the White House, outside the White House, and here was the purpose for the protest. They're demanding the Biden administration adopt an infrastructure plan that prioritizes climate change. And they blocked every entrance to the White House as part of their demand for action. I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit like an insurrection. And you'll never guess who was behind it. George Soros, his funded group, the Sunrise Movement, marched to the White House to demand the Biden administration put climate change-related initiatives not inside of the infrastructure bill that is being considered in the Senate now, but to put it in front of everything else, social infrastructure issues that are related to to climate change. Climate change stuff, folks, it doesn't have anything to do with infrastructure, but that doesn't matter. It includes big dollars, and that's all they're concerned about, is going after all the money that they can get our government to commit to, to take care of their wants and their desires. Forget about what's best for the American people. Forget about what government is putting together. Forget about needs. Let's talk about non-facts that they have mandated now for years, decades. Climate change is factual. It's real. 
There is not one person breathing on planet Earth today that can factually show you or me or any Biden administration official where anything a human does can impact world's climate. Not one thing can be proven to be factual, yet they want our nation to go broke, spending money on things that they say they justify their demands based upon climate change and the fear that they have instilled in millions of people here and around the world that if we don't do something, uh, we don't know what to do, really, we'll throw some stuff out there. I mean, the master of this all was the former vice president way back. Who was that? Al Gore, the father of this in modern day. Folks, I remember a time back in the late 80s the same climate freaks were preaching to us, we're about to enter the next ice age. And they were just as furtive about it as these are now. And then you remember, they never went to climate change until they found out that global warming, which replaced the ice age fears, global warming didn't prove to be true. So they had to come up with another catchphrase climate change. So now they've got it all wrapped into one. It can include global warming. It can include ice age. Man, me and you, we impact our environment, no question about it. But there's a difference in dealing with environmental impactful things like pollution, like green gases. All of those are tangible. We can see the results of those. We can see it in the air. And we can do something about that. But changing the climate? It's not like this thing was put in place and spun into action in the, in the universe 100 or 200 or 300 years ago. Folks, it's been here for millions of years. These same experts, the climatologists, will tell us. The same ones that are screaming about climate change. They're the ones that confirm to us it's been around a long time longer than anyone can imagine or figure out. So we got to take care of it now. Well, it must have been really bad back when they were Fred Flintstoning it, right? If it men caused climate change throughout history, it surely got to be a lot worse now than it was back then. But everything we ever find out when we get facts about ancient times, we're way better than it was back then. Turning information around, forcing people to make decisions based on fake information. Oh my gosh. AOC, Corey Bush from Missouri, they were at the head of the gang yesterday. What we are here to tell them is that, tell them being the Biden administration, is that you can't break this promise to us anymore. That's AOC. And she's got a crowd in front of her that are just hanging on every word. They're setting up a world that they won't have to live in. Okay, that's why this matters. That's why we fight. As a result of your hard work, she says, we've got folks in the Senate. We've got folks in the House. Not just me. Not just like they say, a tiny group of the squad. We have a critical mass of people saying, no climate, no deal. So, What she's not saying is the truth. What she's not saying is the truth. We can't fix the climate. We can't change the climate. We can change pollution. We can change 
messy water, clean water, chemicals in our water. We can change all of those things. Those are manipulatable. Folks, the climate is not. So she's preaching here, you won't have to live in this. That's okay. Who's going to live in it? Okay, so what are we handing to those that she's griping are going to pay the price for whatever they deem to be as inaction on climate change? Talking about our grandkids and our great-grandkids. Generations to come are going to have to live through this. Yeah, you know what they want to do? They want to shackle us and our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids with so much debt This country will be turned upside down, will be bankrupt if and when the people who we owe have had enough. And folks, at the rate that we're going, it may be sooner than later. Now, who are the biggest creditors of the federal government? We've covered this here before. If you weren't here, let me tell you. It's not the Chinese, which everyone says they are. Chinese aren't even our number one creditor. You know who the biggest creditors for the federal government are? American citizens. You know why? Hmm. They borrow from us. Well, how do they do that, Dan? You know that Social Security trust fund that you hear all of the Democrats rave about all the time? We're going to bust the Social Security trust fund. We've got to raise Social Security taxes to protect our elderly. What they're doing, folks, at the Federal Reserve is they're crafting, they're printing these treasury bonds and they're selling them to the Social Security Trust Fund, which is you and me. So in case of an eventual debt default here, the first at the top of the heap that are going to pay the price are you, me, every other elderly American that hits 65 and had been paying in, investing in for their entire business life, working life, money for medical attention after 65, and also a retirement fund. They don't mention that. AOC doesn't mention that. She can't think that far ahead. Oh, but she's, I'm sure, making her own plan. She's busting a lot of money out of her contacts and putting money to the side for her on the taxpayers. Oh, of course, that's what that's what happens in Washington. I am not talking about conspiracy theory at all. This is fact, folks. This is factual information that they sit on. They don't even want to discuss it, but they want to scare us to get to death. Oh, your grandkids are the ones that are going to pay the price for this climate change stuff. No, no. If this mess that they're promoting selling, trying to get us to buy, if we do buy that, that will destroy the economic infrastructure of this nation within decades, not centuries, decades, if that long. And let's just go back up to the top and move on. Up at the top, a bunch of sycophants stormed the White House yesterday and blocked every entrance. What would have happened if MAGA people had done the same thing, what would have happened? This would have been front page news. 
across the world, live reports, it would be devastating. People would be locked up. I challenge you to do this. Let's do it together. Let's just do this together right now. What are we going to do together, Dan? We're going to scan. Let's go to CNN. Okay. It's the morning after. You would, let's see if where they, this story is on the front page. Here, I'm just, I'm just, it popped up, I'm going to read. Condo owners facing assessments. Rescue conditions dangerous. She sued condo in 2015. Delta variant is forcing officials to rethink COVID. Uh, United's biggest aircraft purchaser ever. A credit card giant says no one should work from the office five days a week. At least four Catholic churches were destroyed on indigenous land in a week. John Oliver exposes loophole in U.S. healthcare system that targets evangelicals. Though, uh, th- this story about storming and protesting the White House, it's not even on CNN's front page. It's not on Fox News's front page. It's not on the Epoch Times front pages, folks. They're ignoring it. The media is ignoring it. Why? They can't use it as a tool against Donald Trump, the Republican Party, and other conservatives. Weaponizing everything. <laughs> it, it, it is so, it, yeah, I, I would say, is it unbelievable? No, it's really not. That's the way they roll, folks. That's what they do. That is what they do. Last week, last week, we did a story. The New York Times published a story. I mean, the freaking New York Times, formerly the number one news media written out in the, in the world, actually. They wrote a story quoting unnamed sources. Information coming out of the federal attorney's office. District attorney, I'm sorry. District attorney's office in New York. Indictments for Donald Trump, his family members, and his corporation. Indictments pending, expected to be issued any day. Sources out of the district attorney's office tell the New York Times. I told you here at TNN Live, folks, it's not going to happen. And I was actually asked, I immediately got several texts and asked, saying, why do you say that's not going to happen? Here's the reason why. All of these media giants and monsters and experts and professionals and elites, they've shown us year after year after year what their modus operandi is. What is it? Substance doesn't matter. The story and the timing of releasing a story is all that counts. And just think for a moment, just think for a moment in the environment which we just lived through for four years, which was hate Trump, hate Republicans, hate conservatives across the board, love illegals, open the borders, let them come in, but don't admit that you're an open border supporter, just open the borders. And if you say you're not open borders, that makes everybody feel fuzzy and warm and it's okay. We heard that for four years, every day from every leftist media outlet, broadcast and print. And what did we find out? There was no collusion between 
the Trump and his gang in Russia. There was collusion between Russia and the Democrat National Party. Proven. We could go on and on and on and give you the conundrums that we lived through, that the media foisted on every American. Last week, a prime example. Because all of their stuff, almost inevitably, if it has anything negative to say about conservatism, about the U.S. Constitution, about the rule of law, about law enforcing the laws, anything and everything they say about it, you can almost automatically know the exact opposite is true. That's the only reason why I said here a week ago that that New York Post article, excuse me, New York Times article that maintained that indictments were imminent for all things Donald Trump, I told you it's not going to happen. So yesterday, (laughs) yesterday, Cy Vance, who is the district attorney there, he's the one that's doing all of this. He's the one that impaneled the grand jury, said two panels were in, uh, two groups or two panels of um, grand jury jurors were put together to consider all of the wrongdoing going on in the Trump organization. That was never even confirmed, but boy, it sure sounded good if you didn't if you didn't like the Trump folks. We don't even know now if there was one grand jury impaneled. <laughs> what we do know. It was made very abundantly clear out of the DA's office in New York yesterday, there's no indictments pending against anybody in the Trump organization. They were looking at trying to find wrongdoing regarding not reporting income and not the organization's employees, certain employees in there that may have abused things like rental cars and places to stay and not reporting that as income on their personal tax returns. Does that sound like what has been portrayed was going on? Nothing at all like that. But that's the way they roll now, folks. That's the way they roll. Don't think for a second now that, well, this is the United States of America. We have free speech. We have the right to say anything, and they're supposed to be free and impartial members of the media, and give us nothing but facts. They can't do that in the United States. They have the same rights and privileges to free speech as you and I. They can say anything they want. Well, we've never seen anything like this before anywhere in the world. Folks, this is how it works pretty much every other place on earth and has for many, many decades. When you have an autocracy, a plutocracy, a dictatorship, Everything is controlled by either one person or a small group of extremely powerful people that they have authority to say anything, to print anything, to force people to do anything they want, and to stop people from doing anything they don't want those people to do. Don't tell me you're being a conspiracy theorist in this, Dan. I've told you, totalitarianism is the ultimate goal of this group in power. And they're proving it every day. And you know how they're proving it? They're scared to death they're going to lose that power in four years, three and a half years now. To be honest with you, they're pretty certain they're going to use it. Yesterday, we played a soundbite on the show from AOC. And it was from one of the Sunday talk shows. And she opened that soundbite by saying, 
Democrat policies are very popular. But we know that if we get Democrat policies signed into law, they're extremely difficult to reverse. She actually admitted that on national television. She just exposed what we're watching play out before our eyes. Let's load the nation with a bunch of non-Americans. Let's find ways to make them citizens, give them the right to vote, make them dependent forever on the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party were their saviors, got them in the country, gave them health care, gave them money to live off of, medical care, public education, free housing, the whole nine yards. They owe us their votes. And that would make this nation no longer of, by, and for the people. The government is going to be of, by, and for the government. Not joking, folks. Not joking. Well, this is going to be a busy day. You probably figured that out. Sterling Hill is going to be with us in just a few minutes. Who is Sterling Hill? Well, let me, let me just tell you a little bit about her. You, you're going to hear her give you information, but um, we, we have been acquainted for some time. Uh, you'll remember back last May in 2020 when we had Dr. Judy Mikevitz on the show who spent an hour and 45 minutes unpacking all of the, the craziness that we were first seeing and experiencing and was changing on a daily basis regarding all things COVID-19. Well, Sterling Hill introduced us to Judy Mikevitz and opened the door. Sterling is the founder of MTHFR Support. She was a highly successful businesswoman for decades until about 16 years ago when she became really ill, seriously ill with some clotting issues in her body. And she went from doctor to doctor, but her condition continued progressively deteriorating. She lost everything. As traditional medical thinking was failing her, she decided no other choice. She reached out to the alternative medicine community and the world of epigenetics. And she learned the basis of her clotting issues. It resided in the sulfation and methylation cycle. Medical terms, folks. It's above my pay grade, too. After regaining her life from treatment, she realized the medical lay community knew hardly anything of those two topics. So she realized these subjects are really important to the health of everybody on the planet, often being the proverbial stone that was left unturned in many of the chronic illnesses of all types that plague us. So what did she do? She launched this Mother for Support, that's an abbreviation, mthfrsupport.com, to learn and to share the knowledge of genetic polymorphisms and their effect on health. Her passion is to help educate all of us of the true root cause of chronic diseases and link expert expert health providers with those in need. Since then, she has created some genetic apps for the alternative medicine community. She helps people get to the root cause when it comes to diet and environmental factors that impact DNA and teaches practitioners and scientists around the world how to pinpoint pathways that become compromised in their most difficult patients. She teaches them how to manipulate compromised genetics with nutrition and supplementation. She's been awarded commendations by 
My state, the Louisiana Senate, for her steadfast commitment to defending constitutional rights of all of us to make our own fully informed medical decisions and her valiant defense of the health of Americans' children. She's lectured around the world and at Autism One. She created the very first database of its kind in the world that shows excipients, adjuvants, and glyphosate contamination in vaccines does cause unhealthy epigenetic expression of DNA. That's on the cellular level, and you can book this. It has a lot to do with COVID-19. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, turn your radio up and get rid of your distractions. Sterling Hill is going to join us at TNN Live right after this. Welcome back to the King Value Radio Network. I'm your host, Sandy. And I'm your other host, Carl. Sandy, we are getting loads of calls today about the fresh new $1 Double Crispy Cheesy Burger. Well, hello. With two flame-broiled patties, crispy onions, and cheesy sauce for only a buck, that's no surprise. Jim from Tucson, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, guys. I just want to say I took your advice, went to Burger King, I got a new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger for a buck. I couldn't be happier. Oh, congratulations. Say, Jim, what was your favorite part of the delicious new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger, the Flame Fresh Taste? Well, I'll tell you, it had two big flame-broiled patties, plus it had crispy onions and cheesy sauce, too. It was really delicious. Oh, don't forget the price, Jim. Oh, yeah, and it only costs a dollar. It's probably the best purchase I ever made. Probably, Jim. Okay, definitely. Yeah, there it is. Get the new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger with double the Flame Fresh Taste. Hello? I just wanted to compliment you on your new beautiful furniture. Who is this? Oh, I live in the building right next to, uh, yours. You do? And I'm looking right inside your living room window. <laughs> My what? I bet you've been to Ikea store-wide sale, haven't you? Jiminy, some creepy guy is looking in our window. What? I bet you got that nice leather recliner from Ikea, too. Uh, yes, we get all our furniture from Ikea. Especially right now during Ikea's super mega blowout sale, huh? Jiminy! What, woman? Close the freaking drapes! Oh, I can see in the bedroom, too. Oh, God. Jiminy! What? Hey, are those designer shower curtains? Ah! Jiminy! Shut up, woman! The super mega blowout sale at Ikea where you can get everything you need for your home. Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan, spin-free news from the world. TNN, the Truth News Network, puts it all together for you every day at truthnewsnet.org. Back with you now at TNN Live and joining us live from parts unknown, living out in the country, is Sterling Hill. Good morning, Sterling. How are you today? Good morning, fine, and how are you? Doing good and excited and anxious to have you on the show so we can talk and get from you some wisdom that we're not getting from any other places regarding our health. And we, we have limited time, you know that, and you, you do these shows all the time, so you know we want more information than we can have time for, and we don't want to blow our listeners' audience's mind up. And you're scientific and you and I have had many conversations, and I always have to ask you, hey, Sterling, slow down for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> tell us since, and, and uh, we, we told everybody about your history and how you got into what you're doing now. 
Tell us what's the most important thing for all of Americans regarding our health care, specifically everything that's going on around us right now. In your mind, what's the most important thing we need to tackle? Well, we need to take care of our health and eat right first. Um, honestly, this thing they're calling a vaccine is not a vaccine. Uh-oh. It's biotechnology, Uh-oh. and Uh-oh. I would avoid it. Be careful. They're going to accuse you of weaponizing something. That's the big I thing know. I want to go into. You just made a yeah. statement that um, we've heard, I guess the last 30 days, there's almost a crescendo of experts around the world that are confirming the COVID-19 vaccines. I think all three of the ones here are really not vaccines. What are they? No, it's biotechnology. They have um, several things in them. They have a modified ribonucleic acid, which is basically a GMO, a genetic modification, like a genetic modified seed. And if you look at the plants that are genetically modified, what they cannot reproduce. And they're putting genetic modification in humans now. So in doing that, are they are they planning? Are they uh, programming into these cells and these vaccines to achieve some specific thing once they get into yes. the bodies? Yes, they are, and they're using something. Some people call it hydroxygel. I call it hydroxylgraphene, and it's nanotechnology. It's actual nanobots. Okay, explain and what those things do. What those little things do, they can work with 5G and, and work with this modified RNA to shed that spike protein off of you, but it sloughs on other people, too. Okay, these proteins, we're hearing a lot about that now. All of a sudden, spike proteins. Exactly mm-hmm. what are those and what are they doing? Well, spike proteins actually are needed for certain things. For instance, when a woman is carrying a child, she needs spike proteins in order for placenta to develop to protect the brain, heart, liver, and lungs and spleen of the baby. We know that, for instance, when people have placenta previa, that they can bleed out and they lose their babies. And now we have this big spike protein shed. So they're important at times. But now when you have a virus like coronavirus around, you don't want your spike protein too high because that spike protein will attach to those ACE receptors that those are all the people that are in the hospital dying. Well, we we, uh, did the story yesterday. We found it. It's not being blasted across mainstream media in the U.S., but 6,000 babies have aborted during yes. during gestation in moms that took the vaccine. Is this a cause? Is this caused by that that uh, reaction that you just were speaking of? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Why would? Let me ask you this, and tell me if you don't know. You don't know. It doesn't mean you know. You're not stupid if you don't know something. Uh, and you've got more more information and knowledge than any of us put together. But why would they implement something like this and put it in vaccines that they're giving to us? I absolutely don't know because back in 2016 when James Clapper 
was head of the NSA. He considered this modified RNA along with this nanotechnology a weapon of mass destruction. I remember that. And we brought that story, gosh, I guess right at the beginning of the COVID-19 quote-unquote pandemic, and nobody in mainstream media even touched it. So, in other words, James Clapper, who is one of the nastiest people in government, uh, yeah. is very inhumane in his thinking and has a storied career and a storied past of proving that. James Clapper's out there, and he's touting something that the CIA and NSA could use as a weapon against supposedly people in foreign countries. Yes, and, you know, I mean, this happens time and time again. I live not far from the Tulane Primate Research Center, and I've talked to a scientist who's left from there because of um, what, what th- certain things that were happening um, where a vaccine manufacturers were buying up these viruses and putting them intentionally in vaccines like Gardasil and the chickenpox vaccine. So, does that have anything or any connection with this gain-of-function thing that we have learned about, I guess, in the last 30 days that was hidden when it was revealed? Nobody, the experts didn't want to tell us about it, like Dr. Fauci. But what they're doing is they're taking viruses and trying to make them more serious. What could possibly be the purpose of that? Well, one would be for you to be more dependent on medical care because it is a trillion-dollar business, right? Sure. Alone in America. Two, you know, and I don't want to get too conspiracy-like, but I, I mean, when I when I see it in my viewpoint, right? You go and you go to the poor communities and. You know, they get certain lots of vaccines. I mean, the children of Medicaid get certain lots of vaccines. You know, um, you go to the elderly community. Hey, Social Security's going bust. Let's go give them the special vaccine. You know? Do you think, do you think that is all or part of the purpose for this? I think it's part of it because... Also, I know what this nanotech can do. There's a Slovakian document. When I get home, I'll try to share it with you. I'll get share it with you, and you can read it more. Okay. And they were showing how they put these nanotech bots on top of beetles, and they could control their bodily movements. They could even kill them if they wanted to. Wow. Via 5G with the nanotech. And, um, you know, I mean, I've got the Slovakian document, and they also added in that ivermectin was disabling these nanobots. This is all way beyond understanding, and it's almost unbelievable. But we said the same thing about this entire COVID-19 thing a year ago. Nobody could believe it was, was actually happening. But here we are, you know, a year and four months later, and it's happening. Where are we headed? I tell you what, let's do this. Before you answer that question, we're going to do a short minute and a half break. When we come back, I want you to think about it during the break. Um, Where are we headed? 
What is the long-term possibility? What are the impacts on Americans and, of course, around the world, the same kind of impacts, I'm sure. What can we do and what should be our long-term play on this? Those are questions that people that are listening right now and people that aren't here. And remember, this show goes live on iTunes podcast and Spotify podcast. There will be maybe millions of people that will grab it later. Those are important things we need to hear from you when we get back, okay? Okay. Back right after this, folks. Your daily dose of the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Colossal Ore. We are the leading producer of minerals, ore, and natural resources, which means you're benefiting from our services whether you know us or not. No matter what our critics say, at Colossal, we care about our employees as well as our customers, which is why we work so hard to get our miners back in the mines where they feel at home. Together, we can reunite minerals with the people who love them. Colossal Ore. More than ore. He sits in judgment. He stands for the law. Kind of looks like a hero and sounds like your paw. He smiles and he laughs. His voice tinged with gravel. But the bad guys gasp when he bangs his big gavel. Judge Wapner. Judge Wapner. When neighbors brawl, when lovers refute, when suppliers and buyers and liars dispute. Wapner won't let those law books get dusty. Got a buddy named Doug and a sidekick named Rusty. Rusty. With Wapner. Judge Wapner. Doesn't do it from towers, doesn't do it from steeples. He does it in court. A court called People's. Wapner. People's Court. Judge Wapner. Call him your honor. Judge Wapner. Judge Wapner rules on the people's court. Song over. Song over. The truth and Dan Newman goes together like beans and rice, brats and kraut. You and the future. TNN. The Truth News Network. Back at TNN Live, our special guest today... We've become friends. Uh, she's a fellow Louisianian now, lives down south. I'm way up in the northwest corner. Sterling Hill is with us. She's given us some insight on some things. Going into the break, I asked her to give us some answers on a few things. Sterling, guide us through this maze that we're facing, if you can. Okay. Um, we, we've discovered that there's deuterium also in these vaccines. So I don't want to get much into deuterium. It's too sciencey. Yeah. Um, kids are more dependent on it, but as we become older, we do not need as much deuterium in our body. So that means we should avoid sugars and sweeteners, lots of sugars, um, high fructose corn syrup, because that will block water from getting into your cell wall. Hmm. to keep you healthy and they actually have deuterium in these vaccines um so again being on a sugar-free diet would really be good you know with the exception of you know healthy fruits organic fruits and some healthy complex carbs every now and then but not 
this refined sugar. Got it's it. awful. Or a little honey. That's one thing that can help you. Okay. The other thing that can help you is also guarding your home from all the microwave radiation coming into it. Now, how do we do that? Um, uh, well, on my website, I, I sell a lot of Kinrola stuff. Um, there's a scalar home shield that will protect your home for a 100-foot radius. And it emits a 7.83 hertz. And then I also have a Faraday cage on my smart meter that I can't get removed. And I have a scalar pyramid that I sell on my website as well. And it's by Ken Rolla, and it, it emits a 7.83 hertz frequency in my bedroom. For instance, in my bedroom, I can't even get cell reception because, I, you know, where you sleep at, you do not want to be pounded with microwave radiation. And, you know, we know it's everywhere. That's something new. Now, explain microwave radiations. What are are the sources and what what do they do? All right. So, microwave radiation is a positive ion charge. If you look at a battery in a car, you have a positive terminal and you have a negative terminal. Right. Okay. So, you have a positive ion charge and a negative ion charge. And microwave radiation, for instance, consistently pulsates a positive ion charge, which then can offset your negative ion charge, and you're not balanced anymore in the cell, and you lose polarity. A water I particularly like to drink, I, I drink about 16 ounces of it a day. It's called Wata, W-A-T-T hyphen A-double-H. IAquanew.com. I don't even sell it on my website, so I'm not promoting it for that, but I know how important it is. And it's a negative ion charge, and it can help rebalance your cells. Everybody's different on the amount of, that they can drink. And it's amazing. It oxygenates every red blood cell in your body, where one 16.9-ounce bottle of it is like being in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber for 24 hours. Wow. So it can reoxygenate those red blood cells that all these shatters are causing us to lose oxygen in our red blood cells and heat. Um, also, it can, when you have COVID, it can also help you recover from it. One of our dear friends that was a senator up in northwest Louisiana, I sent him, sent him the stuff when he got ill. And he got, it, it helped him out a lot. She's speaking so. of uh, Senator John, former Senator John Milkovich, who's been on this show several times. Um, yeah, he, he can tell you I worked with him and I sent him everything but the kitchen sink. And him and his wife never had to be hospitalized, never really needed a doctor. Why aren't we hearing about these traditional things, these non, you know, space science, medical sophisticated things why aren't we hearing about any of this from the traditional places americans look for information and guidance because if you have a cure to something you're not allowed to make a vaccine for it wow yep now who 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 makes that determination and enforces it i believe the cdc does if i'm not mistaken ah okay we're coming full circle here. Now, you normally don't get into politics. You and I have had 
bunch of conversations. I don't think we've mentioned it maybe once or twice. I'm going to put you on the spot here. And if it bothers you, just say, I don't want to get into that. But under the guidance of Dr. Anthony Fauci over the last year and a half, you know, a lot of things have happened based on his information and his suggestions and his telling Americans, you're, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Or if you do this, you're going to die. He is, a, Go he is a bought and paid for fraud. He destroyed my friend Judy Mikevitz's career when she told truth. And you all have had her on the show and you know this. Yes. He, he's just, he, he's a bought and paid for fraud. He's a front man for the pharmaceutical industry, in my opinion, and Bill Gates. A lot of people suspected that. But to be honest with you now, Sterling, almost every day, it's confirmed again and again and again. It's not just yeah. smoke there, it's fire there. Oh, there's lots of fire there. Um, you know, there's also many other things, guys, you can protect yourself with. Tell us. Um, you know, ivermectin, but I will tell you, ivermectin being a genetic applications engineer, if you're on statin drugs, benzodiazepines, that's things like Valium or Xanax, um, or you are on a calcium channel blocker, you wouldn't want to use the full dosage of ivermectin paste. You would just want to put a little dab on your tongue once a week because it will hold in the body longer because of you being on those drugs. But if you're not on those particular drugs, you could use one click. If you see when you pull out an ivermectin paste tube, it has clickers on it. One click for 50 pounds body weight once a week. And then also, one of the healthiest foods you could be eating right now is organic cauliflower. But make sure you put fat in it, like a healthy olive oil, coconut oil, or a ghee butter, or a Kerrygold butter. Because the fat carries the boron from the cauliflower into the cell better. Also, we've got in dates. Two dates a day give you fructoborate, which is another form of boron that protects your body from what's going on right now with all the shedding. Um, and then there's boron glycinate, G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E, as in a supplement, three milligrams a day could help you. And we also have different things. A lot of people have gone to this pine needle tea, but I'm scared that some of them may overdose on it because they don't know how much they need. But there's a company called Box, B-A-C-H-S, Flower Essences, and they have a pine that's been around for years that has not harmed anybody unless they're allergic to pine. And it's a flower essence, it's a liquid alcohol extraction, and you put four droplets a day on your tongue. But now if you're out and about and you're around a hospital and all these shutters, you're going to want to do that, those four droplets a day, every six hours, four times a day. Yeah. You know, so there's also another good one. There's Cistus T, C-I-S-T-U-S. And what it does is it builds a barrier around your cell wall to prevent these ribonucleic acid viruses from infiltrating your cell wall. But box flower essences also sells it they call it rock rose where you can just carry the tincture around when you're traveling or you can do just four droplets a day on the tongue if you feel you're around somebody that's had the virus you would want to do four droplets a day every six hours 
And these are some amazing things that can keep things up. And I advise everybody to stay away from anything with high fructose corn syrup in it. When you consume, just let's say you go ahead and have stovetop stuffing. It has or a slice, slice of bread. It has high fructose corn syrup in it most of the time. And you consume that, you prevent the absorption of all the vitamin D in your body for that day. Wow. High fructose corn syrup is in soft drinks, everything. You've got to get away from them. It prevents the absorption of vitamin D, and that's why people are so vitamin D deficient. Because almost every product that you get out of a box or a can in the grocery stores today has high fructose corn syrup in it. Listen, I, I know you have some of these items on your website, but you've got all of this information on your website. How can people access that and get more information, stuff that you're telling about, and even much more? How do they do that? Well, I, I sent you links to some of my social media. Now, on my website, I kind of stay pure science because I have a lot of genetic reports that children that have been damaged by vaccines with autism have to get to, and I do not want them dismantling my website. But you can follow me on Facebook. My friends, that they've got like the 5,000 friend limit and 8,000 people following me already. But I put out lots of information on my social media pages. How do they... Um, right what, now, what, I'm based... What, what's your Facebook page? My Facebook page, it's... it's um, Facebook, I think backslash Sterling Liz Hill. It's on the bottom of my um, biography, my little biography I gave you. Got it. Yeah, it. I've got it here. We'll put it up on our website overnight. It'll be there for yeah, you tomorrow. I have some other social media platforms. I'm not on them too much now because Facebook is letting me post. For some reason, I've been put in Facebook jail three times last week. I have a total of 15 days of Facebook jail but I'm still being allowed to post. And what I've been told is that there have been people in there hacking to let us still post now. Wow. Okay. We're going to, we're going to post all of this contact information. We've got it for you and um, we'll put it up live. It'll be there and we'll leave it there on the site in perpetuity and it'll be under her name, Sterling Hills. So anytime you lose it, want to want to go back and get information uh, you can just look up Sterling Hill in our main registry. Um, before we get away, I want you to give me and our audience your nickel tour of COVID-19, where it stands today, and what should we do about it for those of us that have been diagnosed COVID-19 positive, for those of us who haven't received uh, that notice, we, we haven't had COVID-19, and what should we do or not do about vaccine, vaccinations? I would absolutely not vaccinate with this. Again, we're not going to know probably for two to three years what's going to happen. For example, one of my friends here in New Orleans, I'll say his first name, Sean, his mother, mother-in-law, cousin and cousin-in-law, he had to bury all within a month of getting the Moderna vaccine. Wow. Okay, so um, this is, you know, heartbreaking. 
Well, sure. Um, and we have other people that they're not getting ill, but what, what by what we understand, I just can't verify it yet. We've been having a lot of people that have been running in and running out with the vaccine vials and then bringing them to labs in other countries to get them analyzed. And right now, they're, they're saying that only 60% of the vaccine out there is actually this biotechnology that they're also finding that some of them that are labeled as this biotechnology vaccine are actually either a Myers cocktail, a miniature vaccine, or a Hep B vaccine. So that makes you kind of say, hey, why are some people not getting sick off of this and some people are getting very ill? Um, so it's, it's not, I haven't totally verified it, but I know that they have, they, they're filming them running out of the place with the vaccine vials full of that, the vaccine and they're going and get, getting them tested and they're finding that it's like the largest human experiment you know that they're saying hey let's give 60 percent this biotechnology and the other 40 percent something else and let's see what the outcomes are let me ask you a question sterling one that's been burning in my mind for a long time i don't remember in my lifetime when any other miracle medicine ever hit the marketplace that it didn't go through I'm not talking about months, but I'm talking about years of science, yes. laboratory analysis, and then human trials. Why yeah. would they push this out the way they did with so much and so many question marks, so much mystery about what it was going to do, its impact? Well, I'm I'm friends with a particular Rockefeller that's not like the rest of our family. Okay. And we had a long talk about three days ago. And the first thing she told me was the virus was released to come out with the vaccine to control the minds of the world. Control the moms of the world. Minds. Minds, minds of the world. Okay. For and what, and for this is where we get into the biotechnology. And, you know, I'll, I'll send you that Slovakian study. Okay. We'll and I'll show it. you how how they um, how they manipulated the um, beetles and stuff. Well, imagine if they can put biotech in you, and now they hit 5G, and this is what the 5G push was for, and the lockdowns were for. As we were being locked down, they were putting 5G in schools and they everywhere they could in front of nursing homes. That's horrendous to think that could be actually happening. It is happening. Wow. Sterling, listen, I uh, I know you personally have been through a whole lot in your life, and I'm I'm just really glad that you're on the 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 get over it side. You've been through so much, and I want to say we appreciate you paying the price that you have been paying and still are to get this kind of information and data that is scientifically verifiable. That's what people need to understand. Everybody listening, this is all scientifically verifiable. It's not conspiracy stuff. It is uh, medicine. It's the real deal. And I encouraged as we open the show today for our people to continue not to believe anything they hear from you or from me directly just because we say it, but to go to yeah. the sources, do the research yourself, and we're going to post her 
uh, personal information with a bunch of links in it for you to go test and try and find things out for yourself. We've got to get more inquisitive. We've got to be less and less confident that the information that we're getting from the quote-unquote experts, starting with Fauci at the top and downstream from there, we've got to question everything and just get a comfort level that what we are doing, what we're putting in our bodies, I don't care if it's medicine or food, what we're putting in our bodies is the right stuff. And with guidance from people like Sterling, we can make sure we do that. Sterling? Yes, please please make sure you guys eat organic. And we can't really trust organic from the stores. If you guys could, you know, have enough land just to plant things, go to your local farmer's markets that, you know, it's the local farmer that hasn't sprayed all the pesticide or used the GMO. Try to support them, too, because, you know, that's what they're trying to take down right now, all the little businesses. Thank you so much, Sterling. Will you come back? Yes, I will. Sterling Hill, our special guest today. Sterling, thank you so much. God's will in your life, your guidance and his strength in your life. Stay healthy. Thank you very much. God brought me into this world is what they call a wounded healer. Instead of feeling sorry for myself, I figured it out to help other people through God. God bless you for that. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. God bless you. Sterling Hill from down south, south Louisiana. She's not a native there, but it's kind of cool that she moved there. And uh, if, 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 I, if I told you how hard it is sometimes to have a conversation because she's so educated, so intellectual, she just talks over talking all these scientific terms and just assumes, as often happens a lot, that whoever's listening gets it. I've listened a bunch of times and a bunch of times I haven't gotten it so I begged her make it as simple as possible she did a great job giving us the facts there's a lot of stuff out there that's unknown folks a lot of stuff out there that's unknown and we just have to keep digging and keep digging and keep digging and get comfortable when we find facts but then don't stop digging dig and confirm what we have adopted as facts really are facts We'll be back with our second hour in just a moment at TNN Live. Stay here. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing. But hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into. Like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it. For a limited time, at participating Taco Bell locations near you. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold, Staples Wall of Ink. Just wow. A huge selection of ink and toner guaranteed in stock. Hello, awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and ship it to you free. Pinch me. 
I said pinch. I heard you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in-stock guarantee. Staples, make more happen. Look, we know that boy's going to ask again, so let's be ready. Fine, I'll be him. You ready? Ready. Mom, could you hook me up with a GoPhone? You'll run up the bill, son. Yo, that's whack, moms. GoPhone is totally different. What? It'll only cost me an arm? Chillax. It has unlimited talk and text. Seriously? Word. Okay, we'll get a GoPhone. Really? Uh, really? That is the bomb. Do you even know what the bomb means? Yes. No. Hey! GoPhone, only from AT&T. With unlimited talk to 65 million wireless AT&T customers and now unlimited text to anyone on any network. AT&T, your world delivered. I love this sound. Michael McDonald. We're going to close the show today with one of his big Motown remake hits, kind of like this one. This is The Ecology. Remember this? Mercy, Mercy Me. What a great song. What a what a thrill to have an expert with us live on our show today that brought us some information that we can trust is truthful. And did you notice she pointed us to places to go to get information and to buy things that she doesn't sell herself? Um... I think that's interesting, and it's also very interesting that she struggles to keep her social media accounts alive because of media censorship. It's like we live in a planet, not a country, but a planet where truth doesn't really matter anymore, and such a thing as the freedom to speak your mind is gone. This is the United States of America, folks. And our government is not only allowing the censorship of especially big social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google, all of those, WhatsApp, anything that's owned by these big media companies, it's okay because they're privately owned. The excuse is given to us. They can put anything on those sites. They can take anything off those sites that they want. And so far, that's been the case. Well, getting back to big government and extremism, a guy named Mike Berry, who's the general counsel for First Liberty Institute and Marine Corps Reservist, he sounded the alarm. He didn't do it outwardly until he published an op-ed that said that the Pentagon's counter-extremism working group, they call it CEWG, that they're looking to formulate a new definition of extremism. Now, why would they do that? We know what extremism is. It doesn't wear a political party hat. It's not one specific ideology that is being touted an extremist. It's across the board. Well, according to the Washington Examiner this morning, here's what's going on. Instead of monitoring external threats, that would be non-domestic, non-inside the U.S. That's what the FBI is supposed to do. Well, the Pentagon, which is supposed to be outside our borders, apparently on this new watch, this new administration, they're on a mission to identify and remove whomever it labels as extremist from our armed forces. Ironically, the CEWG They haven't even yet defined what it means by extremism. 
and let me let you in on a secret. They're probably not going to define it. Now, why would they not want to define it? They want to make it totally arbitrary, totally up to the minds of whoever is in charge and those people's opinions of what is extremism in each individual case. Why would they do that? So there's no accountability. There's no force that could stop them from just removing anybody they want from our military, kicking them out. Extremism is normally defined as a threat or the use of violence to achieve a specific ideological agenda, like Muslim extremists. But the Pentagon is is poised now to expand that definition to include some constitutionally protected speech. In other words, sticks and tones may break our bones, but words are the biggest threat. So the new defense secretary, General Lloyd Austin, he set up this counter-extremism working group, CEWG, in April after vowing to root out extremists, and he ordered the entire military to spend a day discussing extremism. But they didn't give us a definition of what is extremism. So since they don't have that definition... General Austin tasked the CEWG that's led by Bishop Garrison to come up with a definition and define activities that would be considered extremists. That would be wonderful for those of us who don't want to do bad stuff and don't want to be extreme, right? We need to know to make sure we don't do it. This guy, Bishop Barry, who's part of an outside group of experts appointed to help this group, in a recent phone call interview said some of the things the group discussed on a recent hour-long conference call were eyebrow-raising and alarming. He said that members of that advisory group are bound by Chatham House rules. Never heard of Chatham House rules. And where they can discuss what we said on the call, but not who said it. In other words, You can tell everybody what we talked about, but you're prohibited from saying who said it. In other words, there were some heavyweights on the call, and the heavyweights don't want it to get out that they're agreeing that we need to move down this road of attacking Americans. Barry said he asked the CEWG how it intended to define the word extremism. And the answer he got was this, folks. We're still working on that. We'll probably take the existing definition and expanding. Now, why would they want to expand a word to give them more power, to give them more ability to be arbitrary in what they define as extremism and who they defined or extremist? The existing definition, which has been around for years, it's developed really through a law enforcement perspective of extremism seems to be adequate he said sufficiently it captures what needs to be captured and if they want to expand it they're really going to expand it to things that have been traditionally protected by the constitution what did i say at the top of the show this is not normal government and this government does not hesitate to facilitate attacks on the united states constitution A senior Biden administration official said on a background conference call with reporters, the Pentagon was working quite hard to come up with a definition that 
their words now, ratchets up the protections, but also respects expression and association protections. Let me repeat that. It ratchets up the protections, but it also respects expression and association protections. That's a bunch of gobbledygook to me. Barry said he was also alarmed by some stuff that sounds like a plan to monitor service member social media accounts for signs of extremism, which he feels crosses the line between defining extremism by one's actions, which the Pentagon has said it would stick to, and defining extremism by one's thoughts or beliefs. There we go, the term, long been out there. Everybody laughed about it. It's called thought police. Oh, there's no such thing. That's only in movies like uh, Minority Report. The whole movie, Minority Report, is based around an entity, a group of people being able to see in advance what people are contemplating doing regarding murder and then going after them because of what they're thinking, not because of what they did. I mean, that movie's been out for 15 years. If you haven't seen it, it'll blow your mind. Minority Report. When somebody asks how does the Department of Defense intend to reconcile social media monitoring with First Amendment issues, they got an answer. Yeah, we need to figure that out. It's really complicated, you think? You're not supposed to monitor it. That's, that's all you need to know. Just don't do it. And so Barry asked this, so why are you looking to do it when you haven't even figured it out, the legality of it? So people that are inside are really upset about this. And folks, it looks like more and more and more of such things, you know, questionable things, things that we've always felt like were absolute, not questionable. They're putting them in place and they're already using some of them, folks. They're already using them. And they come up with these these terms. Critical race theory. Climate change. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And in every one of these things, they demand and they have the unilateral authority to determine what it is, determine what it takes to be guilty of these things, and then they control and own and have the sole power and authority to find and target anybody they say falls into these categories, and then also to punish them however they want to punish them. And that has nothing to do with criminality or lawbreaking. Yesterday on MSNBC's MTP Daily, this new member of the squad, we talked about him a little bit yesterday, he's from New York, a Democrat, Representative Jamal Bowman, On the show yesterday, he argued that we need a federal jobs guarantee to get us out of this climate crisis. I I did a double take when when I saw this story. I'll repeat that again. He says we need a federal jobs guarantee to get us out of this climate crisis. So put that in perspective in context of what he's saying. He's saying this climate crisis, they haven't even defined for us the specifics of the climate price uh, crisis, which is alleged, there's no proof there. There's no factual justification for even calling it a crisis. So he's taken and adopted the fact that we're in a climate crisis and 
He doesn't know what comprises it. We don't know what comprises it. But he's saying we need a federal jobs guarantee to get us out of the climate crisis. We don't know what the crisis is. We don't know. But he knows not only what it is. He didn't share that with us. But he knows what it is. He knows that the way to fix it is to guarantee people jobs at the federal level. But here's the purpose for Representative Bowman in his next sentence. He figured it out, and he gave it to us all. If the reconciliation package on infrastructure is pending before the Senate now, if that package doesn't meet our climate and racial justice and economic justice goals, I will not be voting for it. So just line all this stuff up. It's an infrastructure package. Jobs. He's wanting federal jobs guarantees. That would be part, if it was a legitimate thing anyway, that would be part of an infrastructure package. Climate crisis. They want to spend, they actually want to spend almost $6 trillion on climate crisis. Have you ever sat down with anybody that is all in the tank for climate crisis and support of the reality of climate change? Have you ever sat down with them and had a conversation and just basically said, hey, I'm a neophyte on this. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm going to just let you tell me exactly what climate crisis includes, what climate change, the whole concept, what it is and what needs to be changed, and tell me based on what you came up with these ideas and then just shut up. If they will spend time breaking it down for you, you can get as much as two or three hours of nothing but partisan political gibberish because there's no science in it. Oh, but the science is absolute. Yeah, it's also absolute that Donald Trump, his kids and people in his organizations that they're going to be indicted. It's imminent any day now. In fact, the New York Times article published last week said it was going to happen probably this week. And then we find out yesterday that's never been on the table. It's not going to happen. Climate change, same kind of thing. There's no there there. Bowman said he doesn't think $6 trillion is too high a price tag for a reconciliation package. Did he tell you why he thinks it's not? Who is this guy? Is he a economist? No. Absolutely not. And he even said, here's how we'll do it. I believe we need a civilian climate corporation to get us out of this climate change. And we have to get to net zero carbon emission by 2030 or 2035 at the latest. So whatever number that is to get us to a federal jobs guarantee and to meet the demands of climate change, while also dealing with the issues of racial equity. So it's just one big bag of nasty, dirty Americans are evil. And we've got to get all of them out of that big bucket. We've got to do away with them because they're evil. And everything, the bow tied on every complaint they have, is racial injustice, racial inequality. That is the placebo that will fix everything. So let's go to the other side of this conversation. Joe Manchin, he's actually in the Senate. He's a 
10-year guy. He's been around a while. He's a Democrat from West Virginia. He crafted an alternate infrastructure plan, alternate to the Democrats' plan that's been on the table now, and it was passed over in the House. On Sunday, Senator Manchin said he would back any changes to the infrastructure deal that he presented as long as it makes America more competitive. He was on ABC News this week. He talked about his years-long preference for more moderate policies. He's one of the few, the very few, Democrats that are in either side of Congress, the House or the Senate, who really is a moderate. Really, folks, for, I guess, a whole generation, Democrats were considered to be a moderate party. They had an extreme left. They had an extreme right. But mainstream Democrats were all moderate, like Manchin. Those days are gone. Nancy Pelosi did her darndest to maintain a real moderate segment in her party. But she was taken to the woodshed by the squad. Remember that several years ago? After the election, she basically told them they're just a little a little bitty segment of this, they don't have a lot of say-so, and we're going to teach them. And within a month, they taught her. They took her to the woodshed and tore her up. And now she defers to AOC and the other members of the squad almost daily. She tries to diminish their impact. But folks, the squad and that hard left totalitarian stuff, they're shopping, things like this climate change and the demands that they're making— They stormed the White House yesterday. They blocked every entrance in and out of the White House yesterday. That's okay. If those were MAGA folks, they'd all be in prison today and would never know what they were going to be charged with or how long they'd be in jail. The media didn't even cover it. (laughs) Manchin said, I've not voted any differently regarding all this stuff in the last few months than I voted for 10 years. I've always been very moderate, very centrist, he said. I tell people I'm fiscally responsible and socially compassionate. And I want to find that middle. I think there's always a middle to find. He announced an infrastructure deal was finally reached after months of negotiations between both parties. And he was talking about the chance of it passing. He said, it has got more in there for clean infrastructure, clean technology, clean energy technology than ever before. More money for bridges and roads since the interstate system was built. Water, getting rid of our lead pipes, he said. It's connecting in broadband all over the nation and especially in rural America, in rural West Virginia, he noted. So much good in this bill. So, regarding the $6 trillion infrastructure reconciliation bill, and it's called reconciliation because if they can somehow get the votes necessary, they don't have to rely on any Republican votes. And so he was asked about that $6 trillion reconciliation infrastructure bill proposed by Bernie Sanders. Manchin said he would agree on what the nation can pay for, not getting into debt. He suggests the amount should be a trillion or one and a half trillion, two trillion tops, whatever that comes out to be over a 10-year period. So he always does his best to stay in the middle, stay neutral. 
Manchin didn't find common ground with several views of some of the GOP members, like the corporate income tax rate, which he felt should be higher. I never thought that the net corporate tax should have been 21%, he argued. I always felt that 25% was very fair and balanced, so I'm willing to go to 25. I think that basically capital gains should be at 28, not at 21. And then he wrapped up his overall goal for the quote-unquote bipartisan infrastructure deal to ensure that the United States remains competitive. Quote, I'm not going to be supportive in voting for things that does not make us competitive. We're in a global economy. I want to make sure that we're the leader of the free world, that we can still compete, that we can still manufacture and, and create great jobs and pay good salaries with benefits. That's what I want to make sure happens. I'm not going to spend any of your time breaking all that down. You get it. You understand it. And so across the aisle, there's Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell from Kentucky. He told reporters yesterday he is undecided on whether to back this bipartisan infrastructure plan because of his concerns about how the measure is going to be paid for. They haven't given any information that says that. They don't want to do that. Very seldom do they ever do that. And I remember just a couple of years ago, the House of Representatives passed a regulation among itself that no spending bill could even be considered on the floor of the House of Representatives unless it included the mechanism to pay for all of the spending that's within it. They suspended that. Nancy Pelosi suspended that. So that means it doesn't matter what the cost is in it. Somehow they're going to force down the throats of Americans to make the government, and that means the taxpayers to pay for whatever they want to spend. Mitch was back in Louisville at a press conference when he said this, and a reporter asked him whether he would support that $1.2 trillion package, which was hammered out last week by Joe Biden and a combination of Senate Republicans and Democrats. He said, I haven't decided if I'm going to accept it. we got to get a score on it. In other words, we got to find out what what is in the bill, dollars and cents, and how it's going to be paid for. That's a novel idea. I'm just saying. <laughs> Go spend uh, $1.2 trillion, and it's just a tiny little factor in there. We kind of like would need to know how much it's going to cost first, and then how the heck we're going to pay for it, and they're wanting to go ahead and vote now and get it approved. Nobody has a clue. But that's the way they roll. Remember that famous creation of Obamacare and how that was rolled out to the American people and reporters by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi? She was asked, what's in the bill, Speaker Pelosi? And at the podium, we've played it here for you at TNN Live before. At the podium, she kind of laughed and chuckled and said, <laughs> it's 1,400 pages. She didn't say that, but this was what she was referring to. <laughs> we got to pass the bill so we can find out what's in it. And they did just that. House of Representatives, without a single Republican voting for it, passed Obamacare. It goes to the Senate. The Senate had the majority. They passed it in the Senate, Democrats did, without a single Republican vote. And until that point, and we started getting into this really big spending later on, that was the largest spending bill other than in, during wartime in World War II. The largest spending plan 
anything done by the House of Representatives and the Senate in U.S. history. And nobody, nobody that voted for it on either side had even read the Obamacare bill before they voted on it. Is that insane or what? I mean, come on now. They represent you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying Obamacare is bad, that health care at a national level is bad. I think no matter what it is ever going to look like at that level, if it becomes a federal government entity, health care like we've known it throughout my lifetime and you have it today, it, it's over. I promise you, I've been in healthcare at that particular level for almost 30 years. I know government does not do things better than the private sector in almost every case. And when it comes to your health and what kind of healthcare you get and who controls it, you want to give that up to the federal government? If you do, listen closely. I'm going to tell you exactly what that means. It means you're an idiot. There is no way to justify it and believe it will ever work, at least to the level at which our healthcare works today. And we're no longer even in the top 10 of the greatest healthcare systems on earth. Did you know that? We're down almost at the 20th level. We used to be in the top two or three. Why is that happening? Well, it began in 2008 with the election of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and the push for Obamacare and to dumb down health care and force controlled health care down the throats of Americans on the road, you can bet this, on the road to socialized medicine. Wow. Lots of things going on. Supreme Court's back in the news today. We're going to go there in just a minute, but I first want to touch base with the White House communications director in this horrible thing that came to light over the weekend. This U.S. Olympic athlete, African-American girl, on the podium to receive her bronze medal for winning third in the hammer throw. And she ignored and got mad, turned her back on the flag when our national anthem was being played. So it's made international news, you can imagine. So yesterday, Peter Ducey, Fox News, and the White House briefing room, asked Communications Director Jen Psaki what the president thinks about the actions of that athlete. And Psaki, as she always does, she gave a really great answer. It just made me feel all warm and fuzzy all over. Listen to this and see what you think. Legislation. Okay, uh, Go ahead. Just one more. Oh. Just, uh, uh, this weekend, Gwen Barry, who hopes mm-hmm. to represent the United States as an Olympian on the hammer-throwing uh, events, won a bronze medal at the trials, and then she turned her back on the flag while the anthem played. Does President Biden think that is appropriate behavior for someone who hopes to represent Team USA? Well, uh, Peter, I, I haven't spoken to the president specifically about this, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American uh, and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our, our men and women serving in uniform all around the world. He would also say, of course, that part of that pride in our country means recognizing there are moments where we are, as a country, haven't lived up to our highest ideals. And it means respecting the right of people granted to them in the Constitution to peacefully protest. Having the right to do something. Having the right to do something. What is that all about in the Constitution, as she just said? 
We may not agree with what they do, but they have the right. Let me ask you this. You have the right to shoot yourself in the head and kill yourself. Did you know that? Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe I just enlightened you. So what that means based on her imagining there, Jen Psaki, you've got the right to do it, so go get her done. You have the right to not work. So if you have that right, go do it. Quit work. Go do it. That is the emptiest and the most hollow and the most political answer that has no substance in it whatsoever, pretty much for any question I've heard asked and answered in a White House briefing room. The president, he believes in the flag. He believes in the national anthem. He believes in all it represents. And as far as that girl concerns, I hadn't talked to the president about it, but that's what he believes. But we need to remember There are a lot of people here that feel like the flag and the anthem haven't been good for them. And I'm paraphrasing what she said. You heard it. That is nothing but partisan drivel that means absolutely nothing. What it means is we have a generation of young people that have been absolutely spoon-fed to believe The Constitution is evil. The United States of America is evil. Everything in it is evil. If you have differences of color, sexual preference, uh, religion, place of origin, language, whatever it is, whatever your differences are, no matter which one of those categories or two or three you fall into, what that means is just because you're in it, you're better than everybody else and you have the right to turn and point your finger in hatred for people that are different from you. Without saying it that way, that's exactly what Jen Psaki says about President Biden. And folks, let me ask you this. You ever heard the phrase, proof's in the pudding? What I just said, their beliefs are. Concentrating on the differences. Forgetting about unity forgetting about joining forces and being pulled together and cemented together by the very few things there are that are identical to all of us, which has always been in the United States of America and for tens of millions of immigrants that have fought and done everything they can to immigrate here from countries around the world. I mean millions, folks. Millions. None of that matters now because they're they're coming to a nation that is not good at all. It's full of all those isms and phobias that we mentioned. Her answer diminishes what this country is all about. And I'm ashamed to have a White House media person at the podium during a press conference in the White House briefing room that feels that way and would actually say it. And what she does, she always does. She turns in her notebook that she lays on the podium. She had a written piece for an answer for that. And so what she's doing is just reading somebody else's opinion who wrote it and told her, if this question's asked, here's how you answer it. 
Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten. Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten to the ten. 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 Planet Fitness, through the use of motivating montage music, has made it easy to join. Just remember ten, ten, ten. For ten days, sign up for ten dollars and pay just ten bucks a month. After that, hurry! You only have until November tenth to take advantage of this Planet Fitness offer. Planet Fitness on Forty Second Street, next to Shopco. So it's this beautiful summer day, and while most guys would say let's go to the beach, Donnie says, "Hey, let's go to Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. They're having a warehouse sale." I say, "Are you serious?" He says, "Your place needs furniture, and at the sale, you can get beautiful stuff and save fifty, sixty, even eighty percent." So we go to the Pilgrim Warehouse sale. I buy a sofa, a love seat, and this really cute dinette set. But the big thing is, we pick it out together, Donnie and me. Maybe this relationship is going somewhere. The warehouse sale at Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. Hi, welcome to the subway ad for the three ninety nine six inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret DJ set at a retirement home. Weird. I like it. DJ sandwich in the house. What do you say? Italian BMT three ninety nine. I call the EMT. Turkey breast three ninety nine. How much? Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Bingo. Time of participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go Tos now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake up wrap with sausage and a medium hot coffee for three dollars. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium hot coffee for four dollars. A bacon egg and cheese croissant with a medium hot coffee for five dollars. Or a power breakfast sandwich and you guessed it, a medium hot coffee for six dollars. Dunkin' Go Tos now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. When the lie becomes the norm, speaking the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Supreme Court in the news today, and it's not about them weighing in on a particular case. It's about them saying they're not going to weigh in on a particular case. While it's clearly a setback to those who oppose transgender policies, the Supreme Court basically said they're going to leave in place a lower court's decision that requires a Virginia high school to let students to use bathrooms and share locker rooms of whatever sex they identify with. Now, the Supreme Court didn't say they agreed with it or they disagreed. They just said they weren't going to take it up. Now, that's a setback for those who oppose those transgender policies But the court may be simply waiting for a circuit split before it agrees to review the case. The question presented in the case, here's the question exactly verbatim. Does Title IX or the Equal Protection Clause require schools to let transgender students use multi-user restrooms that are designated for the opposite biological sex, even when single-user restrooms are available for all students regardless of gender identity? So it was the U.S. Court of Appeals, Fourth Circuit, held that both Title IX of the Civil Rights Act and the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause in the U.S. Constitution forbid schools from denying transgender students access to the restrooms that are assigned to the opposite biological sex. Supreme Court denied review of the case, raising these issues, which leaves in place the decision 
by the Fourth Circuit as a binding precedent in the five states that comprise that court. That's the Fourth District. That requires public schools to embrace transgender policies as requirements of the Title IX and the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. So let me ask you this. Of course, that is the court's opinion, and the Fourth Circuit, that rendering that they gave, was their opinion. Let me ask you this. What do you think about if something like that is going to stand? Why wouldn't it be equally fair if students who did not want and felt uncomfortable sharing restrooms and locker rooms with transgender people, if they demanded and expected biological gender restrooms to be provided for them and not transgenders? How do you think that would be handled? How do you think a Supreme Court would decide that? If that should ever happen, I will tell you this, it'll be a war because then the transgender groups of supporters and sycophants would be clearly demanding, oh, you can't do that. You can't do anything that's gender specific. Hmm. Just my thoughts. Of course, I I don't agree with the Fourth Circuit. I can't see any scenario where I would want one of my daughters or my granddaughters to be forced to share a locker room or even a bathroom with biological males. That's just my personal opinion. Moving right along, we've got, oh gosh, we have less than 20 minutes in the show. And I, I, I don't look back at having Sterling Hill on here as a time stealer because she really gave us some good information. And we'll put those, uh, we'll put her, we'll actually put her biography up on our site that has all the links to the social media site she referenced. But anyway, there is other news out there that's really big stuff. Guess who's in the news again? Hunter Biden. You're not going to believe this, folks. Metabiota is a pandemic track, tracking and response firm that has collaborated with that guy, Peter Dazox. You've heard us talk about him a bunch in the last couple of weeks. He's the head of EcoHealth Alliance. That's the go-between not-for-profit that Dr. Anthony Fauci for the National Institutes of Health, he makes these grants from the CDC, NIH, to these particular medical entities that do research. Eco-Alliance is such an agency, but it, it has now been found out that that's a spot where Fauci sends money on behalf of American taxpayers, and then they send them out in grant form, and they have been complicit in funding research, COVID-19 research, in the Wuhan lab in China. So we found out that that tracking and response firm has collaborated with Eco Alliance and the Wuhan Institute of Virology and was a primary financial backer of Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners. Now, who's that? Who's that? That's Hunter Biden. He's the leader of that group. Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners was a spinoff of Rosemont Capital, which was a venture capital firm that was created together by 
Hunter Biden, and John Kerry's stepson. And it's not something new, folks. It was created back in 2009. And Hunter serves as managing director. One of the companies that's mentioned in an archived version of the firm's portfolio is Metabiota, which is a San Francisco-based startup that claims to detect, track, and analyze new infectious diseases. Now, what does that mean? Well, this company... RSTP led the company's first round of fundraising, total $30 million. Neil Callahan, the former managing director and co-founder of that RSTP, a name that shows up quite a bit on Hunter Biden's hard drive, is also a member of that other company, Metabiota's Board of Advisors. Now, since 2014, that company's been a partner of EcoHealth Alliance as part of the PREDICT initiative of the USAID, which is the U.S. Agency for International Development, which aims to predict and prevent global emerging disease threats. Now, what does all this mean? Let's just dumb it down. It means Hunter Biden's got his hand in wrongdoing in a lot of different ways in the medical system, has been doing that for a long, long time, None of this we're talking about today, none of this that we visited with with Sterling Hill, none of it's brand new, folks. COVID-19, it's not brand new. Yes, the virus was manipulated, and it was purposely put together the way it is. It's become almost uncontestable of late that that is a fact. Every day, more science, more science, more science comes out and basically says all the stuff they've been telling us about COVID-19 It's false. It was false when they said it, when they confirmed it. It was false then, and it's false today. And it's just one thing after another. You want to hear another one? Just three weeks ago, a court in Lisbon, Portugal, Portugal of all places, ruled that only 0.9% of the verified cases of COVID deaths actually died from the virus. That's less than 1%. The ruling shows that in the time period between January of 2020 and April 2021, that's 12 months and four more, 16 months, there were 152 verified deaths from the virus and not the 17,000 shown in the official figures. Therefore, you'd be talking about the falsification of statistics. This means the rest of the 17,000 deaths, now this is in Portugal, were for other reasons despite having tested positive in PCR tests for COVID-19. And it's noted in the story that we read, the Lisbon court had to provide the mortality data that was verified by COVID due to a citizen's request. The death statistics come through the death certificate information system there. Also in Portugal in 2020, one appeals court ruled that it was illegal to quarantine people based solely on a positive PCR test result as the test results were often unreliable. You follow the 
what we're talking about here? The same kind of stuff happens here again and again. Well, that was a false positive. Yeah, you know, sometimes they, yada, yada, yada. I mean, there's always explanations when things don't add up to the stuff that they've told us, they being the medical experts. The appeals court cited research by Rita Joffel to state the reliability of PCR tests depends on the number of cycles used and the viral load that's present. Its conclusion of the court was this. If someone is tested by PCR as positive, when a threshold of 35 cycles or higher is used, as is the rule in most laboratories in Europe and the U.S., the probability that said person is infected is less than 3%, and the probability that said result is a false positive is 97%. Just another, another one of those mysteries that they've just taken, couched it in a perspective from a vantage point that they feel like best fits their agenda, and have just foisted that out in the marketplace of information here in the United States and around the world. Nobody's talking about that Lisbon court finding and the purpose behind it and the reasoning and the science that they just said it's A plus B. A plus B equals C, so therefore A plus B that equals C, C must equal D. That's all they did. And of course they were able to do that. Why? Because they had all the factual information to use to get a viable conclusion. We mentioned this before we went to to, uh, Sterling Hill today. Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance, he's the guy in charge, he's a DA of southern part of Manhattan. We were told by the New York Times a week ago that indictments were pending, were certain, would be issued against Trump folks as early as this week. That was a week ago. Cy Vance, who, by the way, he is the attorney general in Manhattan. He despises Donald Trump. But facts came out yesterday, they're not going to do that. Cy Vance is not going to charge the president or the Trump organization with a crime relating to allegations about hush money, payments on manipulated real estate values. That's according to a lawyer. Trump attorney Ronald Fischetti told Politico yesterday, he asked Vance's team for details about the case coming off the New York Times story including the possibility of charges being filed. We asked, is there anything else, Fischetti said, referring to the conversation he had with Vance. No, it's crazy. That's all they had. All they would do is say nothing pending. Vance's team, according to this lawyer, was considering bringing charges against the Trump organization and employees over allegations that they didn't pay taxes on corporate benefits or perks. Now, it is possible that Vance's office may hand down an indictment in the case, but it's unclear when and who it would target. The Washington Post and several other news outlets reported that Vance is considering criminal charges and informed Trump's lawyer that they would proceed with the charges unless persuaded otherwise. They were going to do that yesterday. It didn't happen. Later in the interview, Fischetta also suggested that an indictment might be in the works, but he indicated if it happened, it would be minor. If it's about that 
not paying taxes on corporate benefits or perks. That happens all the time. Not the indictment part, but the IRS coming in and saying, hey, you classified this wrong. You got this benefit. You got the use of this car. You got the use of the company-owned vacation home, and you didn't include the use of those things in income. And so what did they do? They don't throw you in jail. They don't indict you. They make you pay whatever the the tax liability would be on those perks and benefits. And they may charge you a penalty, but they don't throw you in jail. Well, in this case, the last name of your boss is Trump. And, of course, anybody that does anything wrong, that has any association with Donald Trump, whoever is holding the gavel, is going to throw the book at you. And if that happens, that's the only reason that this has happened. Now, put it in the context. Trump's personal lawyer, the crazy guy that went to jail, I mean, as recently as six weeks ago, he started hollering this six months ago. Trump's going to go to prison. When they find out everything he did, he's going to prison. He even gave them all kinds of information, we were told, that documented all the evil and wrongdoing of Donald Trump. Apparently, none of that was true. None of that was out there. He was shopping a book deal at the time. That's what it was about. The truth had nothing to do with his allegations. It was because he was setting things up So that when he got out of jail, when they gave him the get out of jail free card, that he was going to make some money and write a book and he had to amp it up to get them to give him a fat book contract with a big advance. I've told you before numerous times, folks, when you don't know the reason for, there's one sure thing that you can always consider, probably should consider it first, follow the money. If you want to find the wrongdoing and the wrongdoers, follow the money. So, you know, all these egregious things that keep coming up every day. Climate change, critical race theory, racism, transgenderism, all those things that come up. Almost every day there's something new or some old one that's rehashed. What are the American people? What do Americans think about all this stuff? Basically, it's all anti-American stuff that's put out there. It's not always anti-every American, but it's fragmentation hatred is what it is. Harvard University took a poll, and in that poll, about two-thirds of Americans think that kids should not be taught in school the claim that the United States is a structurally racist nation that's dominated by white supremacy. That's kind of a novel idea. (laughs) Let's teach this, or let's teach that. The findings were published as part of an online survey conducted by Center for American Political Studies at Harvard. And it was done in cooperation with the Harris Poll. Two pretty credible operations. And it was over three days. 2,006 registered voters participated. The survey asked participants whether they believe that the kids in elementary school should be taught that America is structurally racist and is dominated by white supremacy. In response, 61% answered kids should not be taught this. The other 39% said kids should not, excuse me, should be taught that America is structurally racist. Now I'm going to do this one more time. 
as we close the show, I'm going to ask anybody listening, anybody out there that wants a voice that will allow you to go national and even international and explain how and give examples, specific examples, of how the United States of America is structurally racist, I'll give you an open microphone. No editing. You can say anything. This is not broadcast radio, so the FCC doesn't censor us. You can say anything. We request um, <laughs> we request that you keep it clean, but we'll go live on the air, and I'll let you tell us and give us facts that show that there's something inept in the nation that means we're all racist. That's it, folks. Whew, what a day. A good day. Thanks to Sterling Hill for coming aboard. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow right here at TNN Live. See you then.